You're listening to episode 20 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there and happy episode 20. 20 definitely feels like a milestone for me, and I am celebrating with a two-part series on zero-waste living. I am thrilled to introduce you to three women total who have taken some serious conscious steps towards reducing the waste their homes produce. On today's episode, I'm introducing you first to Julie and then to Laura. Now, both women come to our conversations with vastly different experiences. Julie, for instance, went on a mission trip to Nicaragua, and the trip really contrasted the wastefulness inherent to life back home. And then on the other hand, there's Laura, who, on a whim and without notifying her husband, signed her family up for a low-waste challenge provided by her county. Their application was accepted, and there they went on their journey towards significant trash reduction. On today's episode, and with these two women, we get really practical. Both guests offer plenty of unique insight and some really creative and innovative first steps for anyone looking to incrementally reduce some trash that they're producing. But what struck me about both of my conversations was that Julie and Laura essentially had the same takeaway based on their experiences of being more conscious waste producers. And I'll let you hear that singular takeaway as you listen to both mini interviews. So that's what we're doing today on part one of my two-part series on low-waste living. Next week, I talk to another young woman who is living on a self-described low income, and she really highlights the challenges associated with the movement for people who live on a budget. We really muse whether zero-waste living is actually a privilege for those with means or not. Now, for today's episode... I am willing to bet that by the time that you listen to the entire thing, you're going to be ready to jump full-fledged ahead into low-waste living. And maybe if you're not ready to jump fully into it, you definitely will at least be ready to stick one toe inside the low-waste movement. So I have two amazing freebies for you today. The first one is a zero-waste wish list. It lists my favorite zero-waste products so that once you're done using up what you already have, definitely use up what you have first, you are rip-roaring, ready to go with your zero-waste option to replace said item. So check it out. That is your zero-waste wish list. My second freebie for today is similarly designed to help you really get the ball rolling in your home. And it is brought to you by my second guest today, Laura. She was kind enough to offer up to the listeners today a document she made called the Zero Waste Audit. And it will help anybody, before they do anything, take a look at what actually is the trash that their house is producing. 
So two freebies today. The first one is the zero waste wish list, and the second one is the zero waste audit. You can snag one of them, or if I were you, I'd snag both of them for free in the show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero two zero. Now, without further ado, let's get right into the interviews. You will first hear from Julie, and then you will hear from Laura. Enjoy. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for volunteering to come on the podcast and talk about your zero waste journey. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. So you are very conscious about your waste production. Tell us about yourself. Uh, I'm a 25-year-old female. I live in the Baltimore, D.C. area. And for about a year now, I've been on the journey of slowly but surely reducing my waste. And I'm definitely leaps and bounds ahead of where I was a year ago, though I'm still like not quite at that fully zero waste level quite yet. We will get all into that. I mean, just first off, kudos to you for even attempting a low waste lifestyle. Everything is disposable. Everything is wrapped in plastic and styrofoam and cardboard. So just well done. Oh, well, thank you. What made you decide to limit your waste? So it was a really random story. Uh, One of my my best friend shared a video on Facebook like over a year ago. And it was a video that I'm sure a lot of people, if they listen to your podcast, might have seen at some point. It's Lauren Singer from Trashes for Tossers uh, talking about how she has like just a mason jar with like three or four years of her trash in it. And I thought, wow, that's cool. Sounds impossible, though, and just kept scrolling. And so it wasn't until a few months later, I was in Nicaragua on a mission trip with the same friend that had shared that video. And we were talking about it saying like, yeah, that like, yeah, that is really cool. Like, I kind of just wrote it off at the time. But like, wait, we should like actually try to do that. And it was so cool. Like, we were in Nicaragua, and we were in this really poor town you know like I said we were on a mission trip and we were living a lifestyle there where like no food was going to waste even just the toilets that we used we could only flush them by taking a bucket to a rain barrel that had collected and we'd take the rain water and use that to pour it down the toilets to flush the toilets so we are already in like this super environmentally friendly like very conscious situation during that week that we were there and that's kind of when I made the decision like wait no I'm gonna like actually buckle down and try to do this like this seems like a challenge and like I'm gonna go for it good for you um it seems like the trip to Nicaragua maybe kind of shone a light onto the wastefulness just inherent in our ways of life perhaps yeah it definitely did and The next big thing that happened shortly after that, I think about a week later, I was at my grandfather's funeral and he was renowned for constantly, he always had his handkerchief with him in his pocket. And so since it's a funeral and people are going to be crying and all that, my cousin actually ordered handkerchiefs for all of us to carry 
Mm. uh, you know, in honor of him. And it was while I'm sitting there holding this handkerchief thinking like, oh, this is neat. Now I have a handkerchief and I'm starting off my zero waste journey really well. I was like, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago when my grandfather was, you know, my age, things weren't nearly as disposable as they are now. This is such a new concept that's just come around recently. And it's like, people got along fine without just creating all this trash decades ago. What's different now? And the answer is kind of nothing is different now. So it just made sense to like, let's go back to like a simpler way of living. Yeah, that you bring up a really interesting point. And it's that marketers and advertisers tell us we need such and such item for convenience, because we're so busy, and we just need it to simplify our lives. But is there really anything that's so complicated about a handkerchief? I'm willing to guess no. I it was the same thing. My grandfather was always a handkerchief touter and it's part of the generation, right? You didn't leave home without it. And so when I started to cut back on my family's waste, I gave everybody a handkerchief and they they work just as well, if not better. And throwing them in the washing machine, I am willing to bet, takes no more extra thought or extra effort. Exactly. And it's funny because I feel like, especially when it comes to things like handkerchiefs, or I know a lot of families have moved towards like family cloth, like the shared reusable toilet paper. And I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> it, it, that That's probably like the final frontier of zero waste. <laughs> but, you know, there's this idea that's come about that is like, oh, single use means it's sterile and it's clean and it's more hygienic and it's better for you. But that's, you know, so much of just like these big companies telling us that when really when you look at plastic, it's horrible for us when you, you know, look into the research and all that. And especially the single use plastics at that. Thank you so much for saying that. That's an excellent point. Did you grow up in a household with parents who were environmentally conscious or is it something you developed as you moved out and became an adult? Yeah, so my parents, a lot of what I grew up with was probably more environmentally friendly than some, but my parents' motive was never the environment. Yeah. Like I remember growing up and we had paper towels in the house and I'd say in the course of a year, we'd maybe use one roll, mainly because my mom would say, those are expensive, don't use that. (laughs) And, you know, we just had cloth towels in the drawer that we'd use for most spills and cleanups and things so it was more like oh things that are disposable it's so expensive and all that so don't use those up that's another good point which is that reusable things are almost always more affordable and uh the frugal choice (laughs) so let's get into the nuts and bolts of low waste living how do you manage daily? Maybe you can just walk us through an average low waste day. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this, uh, you know, before talking with you. And I was even, you know, talking to some of my friends that have, you know, been friends with me throughout this journey. I'm like, I can't even think 
of what life looked like a year ago to even notice what changes I have made because everything just seems so natural and not that much more effort in any way that it's even hard to remember what I used to be doing. Hmm. But I'd say the big change I think has made the biggest difference for me and for my family is that I now meal plan every week. Hmm. I meal plan breakfast, lunch, and dinner, snacks in between, all of that. And so right there, I'm already controlling what I'm even buying to begin with, which is where the waste first happens, focusing on what exactly it is that I'm buying. Am I buying you know, stuff from the bulk section and just raw produce that's unpackaged? Or am I buying pretzels and peanut butter in a plastic jar and you know all those kinds of things that are, you know, much more waste. And then the other thing that goes hand in hand with that is just the meal prepping. Like I, for medical reasons, actually had to give up soda recently, which actually ended out really well for the low waste thing to begin with. But the other thing, like I really love orange juice and I love lemonade and all those things. And I realized like, well, I'm just buying these in plastic bottles and you know, even cardboard cartons and all that. I said, how hard is it to just go to the store buy a few oranges, take 10, 20 minutes to sit down and just juice them. And so, you know, most Saturday afternoons when I have free time, I'll sit down, turn on an episode of The Office and watch it with my mom while I just, you know, juice some fruit. (laughs) But yeah, as far as like my actual daily life, the big thing I think of is, you know, first thing when I wake up, I get in the shower. And so switching over from all of my plastic bottles that were in my bathroom, like hand soap and, you know, shampoo, conditioner, face wash, all of that, switching over from those was actually super easy. A lot of places locally to me, you know, make shampoo bars and conditioner bars. And uh, there's even one place near me that has body scrubs in bulk that you can go and get. Local options aren't available to a lot of people. You know, Lush is super big now and people are buying stuff from them. And their main goal is like to come with as little packaging as possible. So that's like a really easy way to just transform your entire bath routine or whatever it may be in the bathroom. Yeah, I have suggested before on the podcast to start in the bathroom, because um, the changes are immediate and swift and easy. But you live in a, uh, it sounds like an urban environment outside of Baltimore. Is that right? So where I'm at is actually very suburban, though I am like, just about equidistant between Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. So like the city is like 20 minutes away, but where I am is very suburban. Okay. So do you have a great choice in supermarkets? Or um, what I'm getting at is where do you shop for food? Is it a co-op? Is it a traditional grocery store? Um, Because I think a lot of people who might be interested in low waste or zero waste living, their first criticism and comment is going to be, well, I don't have those amenities near me. Right. Um, So where I'm living currently, I actually do have pretty good access to a lot of different places. Um, In fact, one uh, natural foods market, it's called Sprouts, and I'm pretty sure it is a chain, did just open up in my area just in the last two months. 
Um, and there's other places nearby that have, you know, the bulk bins and the natural stuff and all that. So I am lucky to have those resources around me. But actually, when I started going zero waste, I was living in Charlottesville, Virginia. And that is a lot more suburban than where I am right now. Like, there's not a lot of big cities around there or anything. And so my options were kind of mostly there was a Whole Foods in town. And there was a Trader Joe's though I was not impressed with what they had to offer as far as zero waste options. Um, But even there, I, you know, with some Google searches and stuff, I was able to find, you know, some co-ops and some natural food places. If there's anybody listening today who might be interested, what would be some practical first steps for them to take? So the first step I've been recommending to people since I started this, and the first step I took was to actually look at your trash. You know, I could be producing trash in a completely different way that someone else is. For me, my trash was primarily to start out with was uh, products for my menstrual cycle. And so that was a really big change to make, you know, switching over to a menstrual cup and reusable pads and things like that. Um, you know, other things were, you know, just paper towels and takeout containers, um, you know, making a switch to like a stainless steel lunchbox, you know, took care of that for me. Another big thing was chip bags. And I just love chips. And one thing I've realized is I am not good at making my own chips. I am trying, I will continue to try. But until then, I've looked into other options, doing my research into what areas around me actually accept chip bags to recycle them. So finding those approaches there. So when you look at your trash, see what's in there, start doing your research into, you know, can this be recycled? Maybe not in my curbside recycling, but at a special place. And, you know, start finding out alternatives for the things that you are making trash with. And the other thing is just to maybe consider what don't you need out of what's in that trash? You know, do I need to have two bags of chips in my trash every week? Probably not. So there's another question that I've been dying to ask, and it is whether going low waste by consequence, encourages you to eat healthier? What would you say based on your experience? 100% true in my case. Yeah, same same in my family, because we're not buying the snacks. It sounds like for you, it's more about just a mind shift. It's not about upending your life and doing anything drastic. It's about taking one small step at a time. And those small steps really aren't all that drastic. Well, it's funny because when I first, you know, when I was in Nicaragua and I was telling myself, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I was instantly already trying to talk myself out of it because I struggle with anxiety. I'm very anxious. I worry over the tiniest thing. And I was already thinking to myself, is getting involved with a movement where striving for perfection seems like so at the core of it is that just going to drive me up a wall and ultimately be unhealthy for me 
And, you know, I was sitting there talking with my friend about this. I said, no, I'm going to promise myself that I will take baby steps with this. I'm glad I've taken it slowly, you know, taken the time to do my research and all that. And it's really funny. I mean, this is purely on a personal level. But for me, I find my anxiety has actually calmed down so much since starting this. And I think it's because I feel such a stronger sense of control over what's happening around me and what I'm doing and what I'm putting back into the world by, you know, focusing on my waist and really kind of having something to latch onto and focus on like that. Yeah. One final question for you is, what are your next steps? That is a great question. Currently, I'm back living with my parents. And so things have kind of slowed down for me because of that. There's a lot of household decisions that here are out of my hands. Whereas once I am back on my own, I can, you know, amend those decisions and start making some for myself. But right now, like I said, I'm trying to keep things small and not overwhelm myself. Uh, I have a whole Pinterest board of my zero waste wish list. So, you know, like one of the things I want to get is a silicone baking mat to replace, you know, parchment paper or different things like that when I'm baking. My thing right now is I'm researching the different alternatives to the things I still have that come in plastic packaging or whatever it may be and looking towards the future of like, okay, once I run out of that, you know, how am I going to replace it and trying to replace the things before I actually run out of them so I don't catch myself in a pinch. Just again, just kudos to you. Really great work. And thank you so, so much for volunteering to come on and sharing your wisdom with us. I appreciate it and a deep bow to you. Oh, well, thank you. And yeah, uh, you know, leading up to this, I listened to several episodes of the podcast and you have a new biggest fan in me. (laughs) So I will continue to listen for as long as you are putting out this podcast. Thank you so much, Julie. Take care. I so hope you received benefit from that mini interview with Julie. Now let's get right into my interview with Laura. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm thrilled to have you. And I am super excited for you to tell my listeners all about how you started your zero waste journey because it's actually quite an interesting story. So why don't we start there? Sure. Um, Well, yeah. So it was honestly probably exactly a year ago this month. uh, I was just scrolling Facebook and happened to see my local county posted a call for applications for something called a zero waste challenge. I've always been kind of an environmentalist, uh, so it sounded really interesting to me. So I clicked into it, and basically I'll just quickly recap what the challenge is. So it's about a seven- to eight-month-long challenge. You're assigned a staff liaison from the county, and they basically help you learn how to reduce your waste. They have workshops throughout the duration of the challenge. Um, You're offered a free compost bin, and they just you know, that's kind of your person, your go-to person for questions or tips or anything that you would need. So it sounded really cool. And I filled out the application and then I promptly forgot about it. 
Um, it wasn't until two months later that I got an email saying that we had been accepted. Um, so then I realized that I, at that point needed to tell my husband about the challenge cause I had an, at that point. And he was a little resistant at first, just wondering, you know, what the changes would have to be. And, you know, zero waste challenge sounds so overwhelming at first. Um, so I think there was a little bit of hesitation there, but we, uh, we all got on board and we jumped in and, and it was great. It ended last month and we've we've reduced our waste by 25 to 30 pounds a week. So it's been great. What an amazing initiative that I will absolutely link to in the show notes. But you took it a step further, right? You didn't just sign up for the challenge and complete it. You also blog about it. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So I had started a blog around probably around the same time that I, I saw the initial post and um, my my blog is called the Mindful Mom Blogger, and it's a play on a blogger and a nature photographer. Um, I blog about reducing mental clutter through mindfulness and uh, minimalism. And I thought that adding in a zero waste component to the blog would be perfect because you're reducing waste. So it's just kind of all tied in really well to the theme of reducing. And so, yeah, I started blogging about it and it's it's been great. There's, you know, there's been a lot of uh, interest and I know my family and friends were really interested in the challenge. And so they appreciated and enjoyed following along on our journey as well. Just before you, I had a conversation with a young woman named Julie and she considers herself low waste and well on her way to zero waste. And one of the the biggest things she said uh, in our talk was that reducing one's waste isn't nearly as hard or as scary or as daunting as it may sound on the outset. How would you respond to that? I completely agree with her. She she brings up a great point. Like I said before, I think the term zero waste sounds really daunting, especially for people that you know, just normal people that have busy lives and do you know have lots of things going on. Uh, I have a two and a half year old, as well as a dog and two cats, and you know I'm married, so you know I totally get being busy and having stuff to do, and I think just it's just so overwhelming at first when you think of zero waste, but it, if you take it slow, it's, it's really not that overwhelming. And it's surprising to me as I look back on the eight or nine months since we started the challenge at really how far we've come and how easy it was. And it's, yeah. So yeah, I would agree with what she said. And you bring up a good point, which is that the term zero waste sounds very, all or nothing. It's very definitive and black and white, right? Like either you're zero waste or you're not. And Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously zero waste is the goal, but being less, lesser of a waste producer is certainly better than being a unconscious waste producer, right? So I think it's important to remember that there are shades of gray (laughs) and you know, we'll take anything, really. <laughs> right. I mean, even just being aware, you know, I think is a step in the right direction. And, you know, on, on my blog, I try to make it really known that I'm a super firm believer in, you know, you do the best that you can in the season of life that you're in. And that's all you can do, you know. And like I said, you're you're already steps ahead of 
people who aren't aware of, you know, their waste production. Right. We're going to get into your practical waste reduction tips a little bit later, but I want to first talk about some of the really interesting aspects of your blog. And one of them that I think is fascinating and intuitively it just makes sense is that going zero waste or low waste is a major money saver. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, that was kind of a surprise side effect is maybe not the right word, but I'll use it a side effect of the zero waste. Um, you know, but as we look back, it it actually makes a lot of sense. So, for example, I'll use paper towels, you know, having a dog, two cats and a two and a half year old. I felt like we were going through a ton of paper towels. And once we switched to a cloth, uh, we use a bamboo type of cloth and it it's just like a paper towel you know, we're no longer buying paper towels monthly. So all of a sudden it's like, okay, well that's, you know, say $10 there. And then we add in another small change. Like we don't buy, you know, Kleenex anymore. We used an old shirt and cut it up. Well, then there's a few dollars there, you know, and that starts to kind of build up all the way to, you know, when we reduced our waste so much, we were able to call our trash company and ask for the smallest size bin. And, you know, it's a few dollars there. And after a while, this stuff really starts to add up. Yeah, that's a excellent point. I will say on the paper towels front, my family keeps one roll of paper towels, just one. We used to buy them in bulk from, you know, by me at Sam's Club, but other places in the country, it's Costco or BJ's or whatever. We used to buy paper towels in bulk, and now we just buy one single roll. And that single roll is for the really, really gross things that we don't want going in the washing machine. And that single roll lasts us Mm -hmm. at least six months. So a lot of people are reluctant to give up the paper towels, especially people with young kids who make kind of disgusting messes, but Mm -hmm. I'm here. I am here to tell you it is possible to (laughs) go paper towel free or at least paper towel reduced. Yeah, I completely agree. And actually, that's funny you bring that up of keeping one roll. We do the exact same thing, especially since right now we're potty training. So there's certain times when, you know, you just you need a paper towel. So um, yeah, but yeah, we did the exact same thing. And yeah, it's it was much easier to switch than I thought it was. And it, you know, I've heard the argument that it creates more laundry, but it honestly, it doesn't. I I don't have to even do an extra load. I just throw them in with a load I would have already done. So. Right. Going back to just zero waste and financial benefits, I will say that on next week's episode, which is episode 21, I'm featuring an interview with a low waster who makes the claim that it's actually much harder for people on a budget to live a zero waste lifestyle. And so if you're interested more about the financials and waste production, definitely tune in. That'll be next week, episode 21. But you're right. Intuitively, it makes sense, right? Because disposable or non-reusable things cost more. So intuitively, it should be that reducing waste also reduces cost. And the first thing I think of is 
snack foods, which are probably individually wrapped. Those create an awful lot of waste, which people never really think of, like granola bars or for my young kids, it's the yogurts and the pouches, right? That is that is an incredible amount of waste. And it's those are also incredibly overpriced because you're paying for the plastic, you're paying for the um, packaging. You know, one big thing my family did, which really was no extra work, was buying a pint of, of yogurt, splitting it up into little uh, individual portions for the lunchbox, and just saying goodbye to the yogurt pouches altogether. That was a huge saver of money and also a big saver of trash production. So I'll just leave that there for anybody interested. Now, also on your website, you talk about zero waste swaps. Can you tell us more about those? Yeah, so I already kind of mentioned a couple of them. Um, we So when we first started the zero waste challenge, they had us look at are the trash that we would produce. And then we had to come up with like four to five goals as to what what we want to accomplish within the eight or nine months. And so we started thinking of certain zero waste swaps or just, you know, swap basically removing disposables and figuring out what we could use that would be reusable. So that's basically what I mean by swaps. Um, so like I already mentioned the paper towels and briefly mentioned our, our tissues. Um, with that, we just used in uh, one of my husband's old button up shirts that had a, gotten a rip in the back and I just cut it up and that's what we use for tissues. And, you know, you don't have to necessarily go out and buy stuff to, to replace the disposables. You can, you know, be creative and look around what you have at home. Another thing that we swapped was the uh, we used to use those Swiffer disposable mopping pads, and my mother-in-law actually crocheted us a reusable one that kind of buttons around the Swiffer, and so we have that. But yeah, that's I think amazing. It just, yeah, it was really fun, and she did one did one for herself too. So we kind of had like the ripple effect. That's going awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And if I could crochet, I would totally steal that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. It was really fun. She was really excited about it. And then it was, well, you know, it, the excitement kind of came onto us and we were excited to actually mop, which, you know, not usually one of our favorite chores. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, that's basically what I mean by swaps. And, you know, for us, starting and going slow was honestly the key, I think, to keeping us on board. Because it's so easy when you're looking at everything to all of a sudden just get really overwhelmed. And so, you know, we would, as we ran out of Swiffer cloths, we'd be like, okay, what, what could we use to replace the disposable ones? You know, and, and so you're taking things one at a time and not trying to do it all at once. Mm. So that brings me to probably the most important question, which is where on earth do you start? So there's two main things that I recommend when people are looking to start zero waste. The very first thing is to do a trash audit. And that sounds really, I think, intense, but it, it's not. It's it takes maybe less, you know, less than 10 minutes. Basically, you can just take a sheet of paper, write down all the trash cans in your house and their locations, and then just take a quick peek into the trash bin and write down the things that you see the most of. Uh, for my family, we found that 
it, for the bathrooms, it was, you know, tissues and the toilet paper tubes. And then for the kitchen, it was food. And, you know, so it's, it's hard to know where to start if you don't know what, what, what's in your trash. So that would be my very first thing. And then the second one is um, such an easy tip. It's free. You could do it right now as you're listening to this episode. And I think that you mentioned something about it in a previous a previous episode. Um, the We call it the eat me now area of the fridge. I think you had a box, I think. Mm. Eat me box. <laughs> yeah, the eat me box. Yep. So um, I designated a certain part on, you know, in our fridge, I literally made a sign and taped it to the inside of our fridge. And that's where all the leftovers and produce that needs to get eaten, like basically anything that needs to be used, it goes right all in that area. So it's super easy to see what we have left, what we need to eat. And it that really helped cut down on our food waste, which as I mentioned, was a big component of our uh, kitchen trash. As you look at how far your family has come, especially as being recipients of this initiative, and as you look to the future, where do you hope to improve next? Oh, that's a good question. Um, We're continuing to look for ways to replace disposables. Um, I think reducing plastic in general is kind of on our radar, um, things like condiments and, you know, just stuff like that where we, we can either try and look for it in glass or if it's something that could be a simple recipe, make it at home. You know, again, I, not an, we're not in the situation in our lives right now that we can make all of our condiments and all of our stuff at home, unfortunately, but I think we can be mindful of the, the packaging that we look at in the grocery store and stuff. So that's kind of, I think, our next big challenge. And just, again, just continuing as we move forward to replace some of our other disposables with with, with, with reusables. Have you encountered anybody in your lives who just are naysayers and just don't get it or just don't care? And if so, what do you say to them? You know, we've been lucky that we haven't had any negative reactions, at least not to our faces. Um, I think, I I, who knows what they're saying, but you know, like I said earlier, I, I think my family's probably like, Oh yeah, that's just Laura. (laughs) They're not surprised that I'm going, you know, more environmental or whatever. Um, but you know, I, I think a lot of it for me, at least being a blogger and being on social media, I think a lot of it comes internally where, you know, I, I do follow other zero waste bloggers who are doing amazing things. And I think, well, I, you know, I, I'm not far enough. I should be doing more, but it kind of comes back to what I said earlier about just doing the best that we can in the season of life that we're in. You know, it, it a lot of the zero wasters out there are doing incredible things and have really made a lot of progress, but you know, I don't know their situation. I don't know how long they've been doing it. So it's, you know, it, you can't really, compare yourself to others. But I think, yeah, like I said, I think that's probably where most of the resistance comes from, at least as of right now, it's more internal. Right. And you speak to the importance of recognizing that it's a journey, right? And it's a, it's a beautiful and mindful journey um, in which it's not so much all or nothing, but it's just making conscious changes for the better. Exactly. And, 
And I think it's important to note quickly um, that it you may have setbacks. There may be certain periods where, you know, you, for example, like my family, we all had, you know, really nasty colds this past winter. And, you know, we ordered more, probably more takeout than we normally would, which produces a lot more trash. But you just have to be kind and gentle with yourselves and know that you'll get back on track and and, you know, be on your way. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about your journey. And thank you just for being a steward of our planet as I continue to podcast and as I continue to meet people like me. I just feel such gratitude to anybody who cares. And so I recognize that in you and I thank you. Where can my listeners find more of you? if they'd like. Um, well, thank you for having me. I just want to say that I, I love your podcast and I appreciate all the work that you're doing with the podcast. So, um, and the listeners can find me at the mindful mom blogger.com and that's spelled, you know, my, the mindful is as it sounds and blogger is B L O G R A P H E R. And I'm on social media, you know, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at, at the Mindful Mom blogger. I will happily link to all of your social media and website locations in the show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero two zero. Thank you so much, Laura, and best wishes as you continue your zero waste journey. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. So there it is, two interviews in under an hour for the price of one. I hope you enjoyed my conversations with Julie and Laura as much as I enjoyed having them. Again, what struck me the most from both of their experiences was that zero waste living, when done incrementally, is not hard. It's not off-putting. It's not a time sapper. It's much easier than one may think. Now, do not forget to snag one or both freebies, the Zero Waste Wishlist and slash or the Zero Waste Audit. Find both at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero two zero, M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash zero two zero. Thank you to all of you who have been leaving me such, frankly, amazing reviews on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep them coming. See you next week for part two of our two-part series on zero waste living. Take care.